Hello. Hello. Let's go. Not at all. Maze. Maze. Welcome to the Less Than Average Podcast, my friends. What's up with you two? Who we got in today? Who are you people? Who are these people here? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm CMB. I'm Kaelstrom. Kaelstrom. Part of party of two. Party of two in the house today. What is up? Well, welcome Not to bad. The How are you doing? Hey, man. So far, so good, man. We are rocking and rolling. So, I we talked a little bit, but we I hear that this is your very first podcast. So, give me some thoughts. Like, what made you agree to be on the podcast? Like, why a podcast? Like. I gotta know. I pretty much just dragged him in. <laughs> it was like, oh, y'all are part of OG. We we did a we did a reach out of, hey, who wants to be on the podcast? And it was like five of y'all with Wish, Lance, Mari. Mari was supposed to be today, but she had vacay pop up. So right. I was like, okay, Lance, are you guys? Lance had dogs over all week, so he just kind of wanted a chill day to relax. And I was like, okay, well, party two it is. And you guys said, yeah, so here we are. Okay, so you got oh. dragged in. But what, you well, it's have cool to, to talk about games with other people. Right. Like, we talk enough with, to ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> Kale's from Golden New Ears. Yeah. So, okay, so on that same topic, so who dragged who into gaming? Or was it, like, both mutual? Like, I was in the grocery store this morning, and I was like, I wonder which one of them was like the first one like who was the first one that started this whole thing well i gamed as a kid but i wasn't playing a whole bunch of games through high school and college and i met cmb in college mm -hmm. and um he was playing all the time um and at some point we ended up playing a couple co-ops together and it slowly grew from there until i played kingdom hearts again oh. um and suddenly I was building a new PC and <laughs> now we game together all the time. And then when quarantine hit, we were like, well, let's dream. Okay. Send it. You guys are, you guys are quarantine babies. You're quarantine yeah, baby okay. streamers, but you've been killing it. Like I looked at your numbers. I, I might've went to twitchtracker.com and looked you up. Like your growth is <laughs> insane. Like he's an inquisitive honest. little bastard. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> why I run a podcast. I'm an inquisitive little fuck. It is, is what it is. All right. I love I, yeah. I love the technical side of things. So I'm a, I'm a crazy person. Okay. I'm a crazy person. This is what it is. But yeah, I looked you guys up and like your growth has been incredible. And like, so tell me, let's, let's backtrack a bit. Like, tell me about why did you click the go live button? Like, what was the first thing? Like, ooh, like maybe we should try this. Um, well, what did I do? I think I just bought a mic without telling him and was like, hey, we're going to start streaming next week. Um, this sounds really fun. And <laughs> we have all this time now because we work. We both were working in events when COVID hit. And right. so then we suddenly had nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, okay, that'll do and it. we played so many more games that we never would have seen before. And it's been it's been really fun. So I'm right. glad we started. Right. CMB threw up a knife hand there for a second. I got to ask, what okay. was that? Oh, that was he's just, like, that was our... He's like, cut it, cut it, wait. The events are over, no. That was our jobs going down the toilet. Um, oh. We we really, uh, you know, working full-time, we spent a lot of time also at the gym. And so when COVID hit, it was working from home and gyms were closed, right? So all the things that we had been doing up until that point were 
we're gone. So we're oh, sitting around the me. apartment. I know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Trying to get exercise equipment when the pandemic hit was a bitch. Um, yeah. You know, yep. we, it was all we sold it. out. Yeah, I remember that. Nobody remembers that, but that was true. Like kettlebells were going for like 120 bucks when they're usually like twenty dollars. The adjustable ones were like. 400 bucks. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Easily. You couldn't even get resistance bands. We were like going to a couple of different shops for resistance bands. Right. It's crazy, man, because like, so funny enough, like buying the equipment was also tough, but then again, also buying streaming equipment was tough. Like there was a webcam <laughs> shortage for a while. Remember Logitech's stocks went up like $80 in like yeah. three months it was insane they were trading at like 22 dollars <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, is... like 75 dollars in no time i was like Holy twitch shit. went from growing to oversaturated three million <laughs> like, new streamers oh yeah. three million in in a year three million that... is the number that, so it was the camera shortage is why we started on a single pc setup mm -hmm. like we played couch co-op at the beginning because we couldn't we didn't have two cameras we didn't have two mics Hey man, so don't trash a, a single PC setup. That's what I'm. Oh, it was great. It was okay, fun. His, we still go back to it. His PC <laughs> is a fucking spaceship. Don't even. <laughs> his PC costs more than my fucking car. Okay. Well, it costs <laughs> more than my car, but yeah. It's literally uh, a that's... server room about this big. Okay. So... Well, these are our babies, it, it, right? It's, it's about that big. Okay. It's about almost the size Beautiful. of my car too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome, dude. So you guys got into streaming, you bought the mics, you got the cameras, you started working at home. Um, so give me a background on, so let's go backtrack a little bit. Like, so what is your background in gaming? Let's start with you, CMB. Like, uh, we talked a little bit with the podcast that you are a giant Dota 2 guy. So like, was that like your main game that you like really got you into gaming or was there one before that? No, I mean, when I was a kid, um, I think for my eighth birthday, my first, my parents never bought me a console, but I had Game Boys. They always bought me the Game Boys. They didn't want to buy me a console. Mm. Um, so I think the first game I ever had was Metroid 2 uh, Return to Samus. Okay. And so that kind of got me into into the old school gaming. I, I liked it so much. We went to GameStop and I and I said, can I get the first Metroid? And they were like, they don't make that for Game Boy, kid. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming no you're hyped for Dread then. Yeah, that looks excellent. Yeah. Um, but that, it just kind of went from there. So I always, you know, I was always hanging out at friends' houses because they they had the consoles, they had the N64s and the GameCubes and the and the Xboxes. So it just kind of went from there. Um, I started playing Dota in high school, so that's my like main competitive multiplayer game. Okay. Um, we don't stream it much because if you stream Dota, if people that watch you don't want to see anything else, yeah, um, people have, yeah. It's yeah, a very so niche you... market. I've I've noticed that with Spanky's chat. Like yep. his Dota two, uh, I Spanky, a good friend of ours. His Dota two streams are very much so the Dota community. And then if he goes play, plays Battlefront, his numbers drop. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like Dota, Battle, Battlefield. It's like Dota, and then his variety streams. Like his yeah, Dota he has, will show up for Dota, and that's like he streams like Battlefield, Tarkov, Warzone, like all the. Yeah. He plays a lot of FPS, and that's his niche with him and his friends they just get on it wild out yeah that's the yeah same thing with you might as well too. have oh go ahead i'm sorry no it's just you might as well have two different accounts mm. it's people outside of the dota community don't want to watch it because they don't see any interest in it people in the dota community don't want to see you play anything else so yeah that, like people that's in the, it it's it's a very good parallel like all of the moba community in general is a very like parallel to everything else because it's its own little niche. You've got people that go in and learn all the builds, all the characters, how to counterplay, how to buy, 
And in the meantime, everybody else is just like, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. That's that's how I when I go in there I spin to win I'm I'm just that's not that's League of yeah. Legends I just spin to win that's we were it. joking the other night because he finally tried out um, Last Epoch it's a similar dungeon crawler to like a Path of Exile yeah, and okay. he was playing through that and he's playing a, a warrior class that's literally just spin to win yeah I was like if you ever go back into League you're gonna be a Garen main again 100 100 yeah. <laughs> Literally, the whole class was just like spinning, spinning, spinning. Like, I literally all night for like six hours. And occasionally, hours. it would like spit a hatchet out and throw it at somebody. Yeah. So I just made a spin to win character. I was like, you know what? Okay, this is what we're doing. Uh, if it works. Yeah, yeah. if it works. But th you're super right about that, too, uh, with Dota 2. And, but like, again, well, Destiny 2 is the same way. Like, people who watch Destiny 2 don't want to watch anything else. Like, that's their mm -hmm. game. You know, and there's certain games that are like that. Um, but it seems like you guys have made. A community of like good variety too you know what i mean like it seems like you that's like the hardest niche to grow into do you guys agree with that like have you found like that's like the issue with you like is that an issue that you guys are having um i think so it's really interesting we go to different games uh all the time because we're constantly going through different co-op campaigns in our stream and it's really fun to see all the different stuff but we'll like catch some people for like we saw some people that only wanted to see River City Girls when we played that or only wanted to see Borderlands 3 and we met some cool people that we only got to see for a few weeks but then there was like those one or two that would stick around and it was, it was like slowly gathering people that were there for you for anything and I've talked to a couple other streamers um, that are friends of ours and we kind of have this feeling that if you're a variety streamer your regular viewers are going to be way more supportive of you um regardless of what you stream because they're there for you they're not necessarily there for the game right and it's a different kind of relationship you have with those viewers with variety than you do with someone who only plays dota or only plays apex because a lot of that people are maybe just coming for your gameplay rather than to talk to you right right well i've like... got a taste of that with heat there for a while sorry to cut you off but uh -huh. but the 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 perks of doing a discord calm is everybody's always eh, 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 eh. we've done this for 35 episodes now and it's like it, it never stops right but uh lev got a taste of that much so when i dragged him through like every battle royale game i could find on the internet and that was <laughs> our that was our thing for a while and i wasn't even streaming at that point oh. i didn't stream until august of last year i'm coming up on one year and Congrats. uh it was it was a blast but lev stream he started to focus more so he didn't like being split up on spellbreak hyperscape apex everything that i could get him to try that was free to play um so he focused back on he's very mmo based and he went from wow and halo which are his two games and then wow wasn't getting enough numbers it was just him talking to two people which to him isn't engaging enough or at least i we felt like that wasn't engaging enough so you were like okay i'm gonna lock in on halo and like what else, what else it was just halo for a minute so, and now you're all over the place again. so what ended up happening what i figured out is i so right, let me go back i'm gonna give everybody a little bit of background on me for a second um my idea of, of content creation is i want people to come into my stream and be like wow and i want them to feel really engaged and so when it came to like world of warcraft like i personally love playing world of warcraft but world of warcraft is a niche like 
you don't know what is happening unless you play the game. So I couldn't make that content in my brain. I couldn't make that content more engaging for people. Um, so I, I felt like that wasn't, it just didn't fit like what I was trying to go for. I want my content to be engaging. And if I can't make something engaging, no matter how much I like that game, then to me, it's not worth streaming. You know, does that make sense? Like, like, whereas yeah. in Halo, Halo's good fast paced content. I can engage with chat more. Um, and he make, claps cheeks. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually okay at the game. So like that helps as well. And like, you know, I can make a pretty fun community because it's more engaging. And so I try and find games like, like I'm playing Final Fantasy uh, 14 on the side right now. But I don't even know if I would stream that. Like I was, I was actually gonna do a uh, a challenge stream on Prison of uh, the Palace of the Dead for Final Fantasy 14, like on Friday. But I ended up canceling it because I I played through it and I tested it and I tested it. And I was like, I cannot make this engaging enough. I just personally yeah. to my standards, like I just couldn't do it. And as part of the pain stream, we were attaching like one sub would get you a spin for a wheel that would make his play harder. He couldn't move for 10 seconds. He could only look left for three minutes. He could only, uh, he'd have to drop his current weapons, like all kinds of stuff. We did it with Souls. We did it with, what was your second game again? That was last Epoch. Epoch? Yeah, it was Epoch. And well, then the third one loot. yesterday. I dropped a legendary because somebody rolled. I was so <laughs> pissed. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> and then Halo last night on H3 Legendary, he tried to do a solo run through and it took him seven hours. Every sub, he'd have to turn a skull on or he'd have to turn like sub goals, he'd turn a skull on or he'd have to, like the one that broke it the most was we we didn't w clearly define what was going to happen with oh, yeah, it this is, is good. this is good he fucking so the <laughs> you have to turn left but you can only look left and he was like how do i he, he couldn't wrap his head around it of, i was in a warthog i'm turning left and i can't <laughs> Like he he kept turning right. He's like, I can't move. Yeah, no, if I can only turn camera. left. Like if the reason he got screwed was feet, like, he had just he had just jumped in a warthog, so he was his only turning left meant he was doing three sixties. Because like if you're looking left, <laughs> you can like move. If you're if you're walking, you have one stick to move your feet. Yeah, and the other one to move. And the warthog, wherever you point your direction, is where the warthog will move. So if you can only look left, you're just... So he's sitting there spinning left <laughs> and trying to like move forward, back up, move forward, back up, move forward, back up. And he went nowhere. It was a nightmare. That sounds like me without a spinning challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to drive the Warthogs. <laughs> but going, um, going back to the like the like the variety being more inclusive for your chat and like making it more interactive more so than just hey i play cod come jump in you want to stack up let's go right right uh, outside looking in what you guys have going on is fantastic like you guys play overwatch with viewers you play apex with eventually viewers i'm guessing once you guys get a little bit more familiar with the game and again if you need any help i know kaelstrom joined aces server i'm sure she can give you an invite cmb and we can get you in there and vibe out uh, Ace's server and the OG server were trying to pretty much just be the Apex hub, but OG also a little bit of everything. Right. But you guys also do the board game streams, which were incredible. Like, I know that must have been a pain in the butt to set up, but how that worked, that looked fantastic. We, yeah, when the Channel Point challenges came out, we were like, this is an opportunity to do something fun and not game related. 
um, the board game stream ended up coming out of our a charity stretch goal, but for the most part, our random streams like that come from channel point challenges with our community. Uh, we've did, we've like built Harry Potter Lego sets on stream for a few hours. Uh, we've painted Pokemon. Like we're not artists, but we sat and painted Pokemon with chat. Um, and a couple people even wanted them, so we shipped some well, Pokemon awesome. paintings of ours off to some viewers. Uh, so it's. It was a really cool way to kind of break up all the gaming part and just be able to have like once a month a stream where we just sit and chat with people and do some art or do something different. And that is so key. I think that's part of your growth too, is that like you were saying earlier too, being a variety streamer, they're there to see you. You know, it's harder to grow because obviously, you know, if you're if you're playing just Dota 2 and you guys are just playing Dota 2, either one of you will burn out eventually or Dota 2 <laughs> will die down eventually in, in popularity. And so you'll see your numbers drop. So it's almost like a, a, a no win game. So your goal is if you're if you're a single game streamer is to grind the shit out of that game, get a community and then take You're just going to take 50% of that community that you built or maybe less to another game whenever it's time. Right. So mm. like I, I'm, I'm the same as you guys. Like, I don't feel like that's a good growth strategy for me in general because i never want to get pigeonholed into a game or yeah. a piece of content like but you know while similar they're also on a di bit different plane of existence because of the duo yes, is are. like a whole nother niche we've seen it time and again with lilo and ace our good friends we're probably going to reference them multiple times but um ace is like hyper focused that's his marine mentality it's just he is there to win kick ass take names Lilo will play games and rage if she does bad and whatnot, but she's like every 30 seconds, look at chat, look at game, look at chat, look at game, look at chat, look at game. And that dynamic is huge. Right. I struggle with that. And that's why I've been enjoying more so the still like the solo story games more so than the Apex or the COD where I'm sitting here glued. And then right. in between rounds, I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Sweat mode. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not paying attention to chat and that that retention and engagement is so much more important than just i'm not nuts like shroud i can't just pull people in by hitting these crazy plays every two minutes right so yeah. <laughs> have you guys we're, we're pretty good. similar to lilo and ace like that because uh, cmb he he can like focus on the game and go to chat afterwards but then i i can do that like looking off to the side and i'll be sitting in mario kart like oh hey how are you doing? Hey, chat, what's going on? And that's also, that's also like, I that can't. can come with technological upgrades too. Like if you upgrade your setup and you have two, three, four monitors, if you're going insane, like you can have your game, your Discord, your Spotify, your OBS, all in different monitors. So like, again, Ace, he has a four monitor setup. She has a three monitor setup, I believe, or two maybe. And he has the OBS in one, discord and another game in one and then her pov so that way he can monitor everything all at once yeah and yeah. It, it's it's so much helpful to just be able to boom 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 like, it's also it's also a skill too like cnb i saw you shaking your head dude because like i was just having a conversation with my sister about this because so what ended up happening is with my sister we'd have the duo stream and she would read chat but she'd be focused on the game and she didn't learn. But now that she's streaming on her own, she's like, oh crap, like I can't play the game yeah. at all. Like it's a whole different she takes, skill set. She's trying to hit the rapid yeah. fire split second interactions of like 
on death when you're waiting in that like six second respawn gap she's like okay rechat and i'm back in the game and right. it, it's it's awesome to watch that growth of like finding the balance yeah so yeah CMB, you don't have downtime you're the, one, you're the skill and kaelstrom's the reader is that she she's yeah. definitely more engaging i have to you know stop and catch up because i can't split my attention like if i'm playing mario kart and i look at the chat i'm off the i'm off the the, the track it's well, that's just rainbow road but you know it's <laughs> <laughs> a weakness of mine yeah Fair. Um, but yeah, it's it's all about engagement, and I think there's two styles of streaming. I think, like we were talking about, there's variety streamers and there's single game streamers, right? And one of them's uh, focused on the game, and if you're if you're good at that game, right? Like that's that's how single game streamers like advance. Is they're really good at the game. People want to see them make those sick plays. Right. Um, for us, we knew we would want to play and experience as many games as we could together. Uh, we have single player days right so where we focus on our own gameplay but we wanted to keep changing it up keep doing different things and so that's variety streaming right and that's where you get a lot of different people maybe some people stop in for a certain game and then stick around later you know because they're like oh these guys are kind of funny yeah and then hopefully that turns into a follower and they become part of the community and they rock from there man and i think you guys mm -hmm. have got a great strategy i mean it's shown i mean i looked at your twitch again i looked at your numbers i looked behind the scenes a little bit and uh, no, your numbers are fantastic. Your your engagement is good. Like, and that's the key. I mean, so so I don't put words in your mouth. Like, what what is what about streaming? Is like, do you find this to be something that you want to do long term? Like, is this something you just want to do as a hobby? Like, what are your thoughts on it so far? Because you started during COVID, but now with COVID kind of like mellowing out, so the like, ebb and flow of it's slowing. Yeah, yeah. So how how is this gonna move forward for you guys? I think this is something that we've stuck with just because we put so much time into it and it's become a like a, a hobby that kind of integrated itself into our lives. So now that the world's opening back up, I think we've readjusted a little bit. Like we cut down a day um, of our streaming week, right? But we, we make up for it with a little bit longer streams, but it's something that we didn't want to drop altogether, right? So gyms are opening up. We want to get to the gym, but we don't want to drop streaming. So we just, you know, kind of adjust our schedule to compensate for that. Um, because it's it's a hobby, but it's also a, like there's more to it than just us, right? There's other people involved. Yeah. And I've become a better gamer because of streaming, because we have played so many games that we probably never would have touched before and just like we didn't play as often together um because like I, I wasn't as confident so i wouldn't play dota with him and i i like would be nervous to play co-op games because i thought he'd have to carry me and it would be like embarrassing right. so now it's like we are really excited to play all these different things together we've we've gone on so many different adventures to be really like cheesy about it but it's just been super fun to have something to do like that together and like i think there's a lot of good uh like life tips that if you can make a hobby that makes you a little bit of money on the side that's a great thing to do and there's always that idea that yeah i want to do this full time uh, it, like it, you know it, it'd be really cool to be able to stream and play games full time i'm not sure if that's gonna happen uh, uh, but for now it's I'm, a great hobby yeah the time-honored saying of if you enjoy what you do it's not working for a day in your life or whatever that that holds true to all of this like be it if i would much rather be in here 
sitting in front of pixels playing my game talking to lev or talking to yin or any of our community than being out in 80 degree heat getting roached sunburned yeah that was that was cmb when the when the pandemic started he's like oh now i can get through this backlog yeah <laughs> cool i got 30 games i need to crush and we're gonna do it yeah <laughs> i'm uh, not gonna talk about games yeah, he, yeah zion's got like 500 games i think he's touched three of them I'm my steam lie. lobby is 200 and it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous the struggle is real yeah, yeah. and I, that's that's I, just steam alone that's not counting the other platforms epic you play right. like uh, I just bought Xbox Game Pass, so now I have availability of oh my God. everything on their plethora. Why did you do this to yeah. yourself? Well, I wanted Game to open up. Awesome. I wanted awesome. to open up the possibility of like the Ori games, Ori in the Blind Forest, <sighs> Will of the Wisps. Um, it takes oh. two, uh, a couple of other games that I've been looking at, and eyeballing that people have been like, "Hey, try these out. They're sick." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe I will take the time to play those." Right. So K Kelstrom, you you kind of. Have a little moment there with Ori. What's uh what's up? What happened? Ori's beautiful, but Ori and I don't get along. Okay. Oh no. I, I believe there was a rage quit moment with Ori and I never finished the blind forest. <laughs> you never finished the first one? No. <laughs> oh no. I've I've been told make sure you play the first one if you're gonna play the second one. So right. I yeah. Just I as a millennial growing up with uh, Mario and all that I, you think you love platformers growing up with those games but then the you platform. go to the platformers now and it's like what the hell is this this is insane just and there was some some level where you had to like race up the tree without getting caught by the water and it was just like can I stop and think about my movement real quick but right. you can't <laughs> it was just it, I, I don't know it I might be a better gamer now. Maybe I could do it, but. <laughs> okay, so I think in chat too, real quick, uh, Cluda was asking, was it the Spired that made her rage quit? No, Spider. Spider. The Spider that made you rage quit? I don't remember where I left. Do you? So after the first boss, there was, I think the first rage quitty moment she had was after the first boss, you have to escape the flood, right? As it's mm -hmm. coming up the, up the tree. So we eventually got out of there. I think I, I gave her a hand. Um, and then somewhere into the second area, it was this dark forest. Um, I didn't finish the game either, unfortunately, because just because I ran out of time. Um, it was something about the way that the levels progressed. She got lost. I think there was the, the map was she was having trouble following the map and where she needed to go and eventually she got to a spot where she just died so many times trying to get out and that's one thing i've learned that she doesn't like is she doesn't like to die and redo things right so what um, i'm hearing is channel point redemption play through again <laughs> Ooh. yeah I, I don't know it's it's the same thing with dark souls it's the same thing if right. i i died in the same exact spot 50 times on one stream so oh, i turned it off that. and left and i've never gone back speaking about dying oh my god <laughs> Last night, i don't know if anybody we were just talking about this before the podcast but i did a uh, halo 3 legendary run and i died 188 times in a single i was going to talk about the souls thing you died 30 <laughs> times in three hours okay yeah okay come on <laughs> i watched the souls one that was a brave uh brave challenge that you did 
Okay. No armor for five minutes. <laughs> okay. Fat rolls for three minutes. Everything was Dude, just brutal. Chat got me so bad too because the worst part too is I had every ten subs was I had to get rid of one Estus. So I started with three, and then it went to two, and then I had one. So I got to, the goal was to beat four bosses in a single night, and I got to the last boss and I had one Estus to use. So I couldn't take any damage running to the boss, and then when I got to the boss. I just kept dying, and then not having, not having heals, I was just. It, it was, was the tree guy, wasn't it? No, it was, was Crystal Sage. One? Was the last one. Oh, it was Crystal, Crystal Sage. Sage. I wasn't. I didn't okay. stay on the entire time. Dude, Crystal Sage wrecked me. The problem was Crystal Sage is like they have when she splits into four, and the other three shoot the the white beam at you. If you're hitting Crystal Sage like you're supposed to, you can't dodge because they're just coming at you from behind you, like. And I had one health. I couldn't do anything with. I had one Estus flask, and that was it. And no, no, it was just. I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna eat this pineapple. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. So um, we were talking a little bit too about adventures. So you guys have been through like I know we talked a little bit about the podcast too, like uh, and esports in general. You guys have been to like some big tournaments around the world, not like locally. You've like traveled, traveled. Like, give me some insight. Like, how did that start? What was your first one? So we talked about Dota 2. So if anybody follows Dota 2, there's the International, which is kind of like the World Cup of of Dota esports. And it's it people probably hear a lot about it from it breaking its uh, prize pool every year, which is majority crowdfunded. Um, so it's got the biggest esports prize pool in the world every year. Um, we started watching it back in 2012. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of Kaelstrom's first exposure, I think, and and kind of me showing her, you know, there's a lot going on on screen. It's 5v5, spells flying everywhere, but it, it's a great time. And so eventually we got to the point in 2015 where we started to travel for the inter- international is what it's called. And so we traveled to Seattle. We were living in Florida at the time. And so 2015, 2016, 2017, we traveled to Seattle every year as our vacation to watch this tournament. And just it was mind blowing in person uh, to have this arena full of people cheering for a video game. Yeah. 2018 was Vancouver, I think. Right. Was that 2018? Mm Yeah. 2018. That was our annual vacation. We saved up our vacation every year to go to TI. That's Um, so cool. That's so cool. And I was like, I was in school for an event management degree when we first went. And so when we first went into the arena at TI5, I was just like, this is amazing. Like the ambiance, the everybody yelling for the games, the energy was just incredible. And I was like, I want to do that. And so the next year I, we came and I was talking to some of the people working it outside. And I was like, how do I work for you guys? How do you, how do you become this? Yeah. And they were like, well, you need to get into like some production and stuff. And I'm still finishing my degree. I don't, uh, so I did every project that I had in school, I was doing, I was doing mock esports tournaments or mock uh, conventions, whatever. And I was like the weird gamer girl doing all these gamer events for projects. But um so Ain't nothing wrong with that, dude. I, so I, I, I got some jobs and events and I kept working to get the experience that I needed. And eventually the, cause, um, uh, on YouTube, they posted the production company that did built the stage and I followed them from that moment. So for four years, I'm following them and watching them on Facebook and they posted a job in like 27, 2018. And I applied for it. I was just like, I don't know if I'm really qualified. I've only had a couple years of events under my belt. 
and they were like, hey, come in for an interview. So I flew 24 hours. I flew to Seattle, interviewed and came back and went to work. Um, and I ended up getting the job to work with them. And that's how I ended up in Shanghai doing TI9. What? That is so cool. I had no idea. Okay, you got to tell me sick. all about it. You got to tell me all about it. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, I have never, let me preface this. I've never been to an esports like a like a big event like that i've done like local tournaments and like stuff like that but nothing like giant so like what is the production like like what is the build-up to that event like how does that work like give me the nitty detail spill all the beans man there's like oh my gosh there's like eight different groups from the u.s mm -hmm. Okay, so we were going to Shanghai, obviously, and we were also partnering with Perfect World because Perfect World had all of the contacts with vendors in China. Mm -hmm. So we were also trying to work through them. Uh, there were probably over a thousand crews said and told. We had over 400 people flying from the U.S. Um, I was there for 21 days, and when I got there, there were only three of us on site at that point because I was doing group stage, so I need to be there first. Mm -hmm. um, and the day after I landed, there were two hurricanes coming to Shanghai. And so I'm like, I landed and I had a delivery that night. So I was up all night uh, doing a delivery to the hotel docks. And then by the next morning, I'm trying to track down ho or, um, airplane flights that are changing. We're trying to see if anybody's going to even show up. The three of us that were there were like, we might have to run this whole thing by ourselves. How are we going to do this? Like, it was... It was a little scary. I, I think I slept like five hours the first week that I was there. Jesus. Um, so, and just leading up to that, we had meetings every week at Valve. Uh, we, a couple, some of my coworkers went on multiple site visits to Shanghai. They, they were in Shanghai like every other month to try to look at some things. Um, uh, it was just, it was a lot. And while we were there, it was i have i think i still have a list on my phone of everything that went wrong because no no event goes right right yeah. it just it just depends on how much people see so it was just <laughs> it was the funniest thing it started with the it started with the hurricanes and we had on the first day group stage went up and they were about to go into the games and someone had messed with the internet and internet in china is already hard enough to deal with and somebody messed with all the lines and so we went down for an hour and a half on the first day of group stage. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't fix this, but I need you to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the biggest event in the world right now. I need you to fix this yeah. right now. It was just, it was, it was an insane thing. I could just see you like just screaming at something with like the headset oh. on. Like, get the fucking internet fixed. <laughs> like, just like. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine, dude. That... It, yeah. We, they, they had motors fall. It, it was just, it was really intense. It was, there was a lot that went wrong, but it was still the best event I've ever gotten to work. I believe it. It's like it, all of that sweat made it worth it. Right, right. It was just, it was incredible. That's and esports is, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was, I was just gonna say that that's just, yeah, it's incredible. It's crazy. Um, esports is huge overseas in Europe in china 
it, it's a it, it's a full time it's a career in the U.S. It happens, but it's not nearly as well accepted. It's not it's as well not funded as or sponsored. It, it, we're really behind as far as the esports scenes go in in the U.S. Um, because basically, all, you know, all Chinese esports players are salaried. They're like you know sports players, like anybody who played soccer or basketball. Um, they're sponsored. They're salaried. Um, you know, they've got uh, group houses where they train and live together and build that team dynamic and it, it happens in the u.s but it's not it's it's they the funding camp and scrim all the time right it's yeah. it's crazy there's you know we've got like evil geniuses and stuff there's a few orgs that really you know take care of their players and and work to grow that esports scene but it's not the same here as it is overseas um so going to the international really was international um you would have so many uh chinese viewers that fly overseas i swear the arena was probably about 50 percent chinese viewers um that came overseas to see these tournaments wow. um and just seeing all these regions come together south america's a huge region europe's a big region um and it, it really brought a lot of people together and the energy is just insane around around these esports events so it's it's a real shame that we don't get more of that size for for any game really it's not just about dota it's about esports in general yeah uh, just becoming more well accepted and I, I look at it like a sporting events and i would love to just you know go out to an esports bar if there's a tournament on go to the bar and hang out with people and watch the game you know, on TV, the way you would a soccer game when, you know, when the World Cup's would, on, when the Super Bowl's on. Right. That would make for an interesting, like, crowd vibe of if uh, a Chinese team came and played a U.S. team and they brought all of their, like, fans, followers, all of that, like, that, yeah. Words. Yeah. Uh, Words. But, <laughs> but bringing people imagine, together, right? Imagine yeah. them playing an away game and having the home crowd advantage to hype you up. Ooh. Like during their plays, like the U.S. crowd isn't even as loud as the Chinese crowd. That would be crazy, right? No, but I think he's yeah, right it... too. CMB, what you said too. Like, imagine if there was like, because I was in Okinawa for a while and I did some time in South Korea, and there's like a lot of like um, um, internet bars, what they call them, right? And you know they go there and they play video games, they hang out, and they order coffee, and they just chat and they talk, and they played a lot, a lot of Dota too, and a lot of StarCraft too, and a lot of. League of Legends, um, and they're like these little little tiny communities in this little tiny, like really cramped internet cafe style thing. Um, but those are the fans that go to Dota. Those are the people who will pay to go see these events because they're already living that kind of micro life. Here we don't have that. We don't have. There's not a lot of game bars, and if they are, there's like barcades, where like arcade yeah. games. It's like it's not really the same thing it's not really close to the same thing you know what i mean yeah yeah we're we're just behind right like there's a little bit of that experience there but it's not like the land cafes that yeah, i lived in south america for a while and even there they had more than i've ever seen in the u.s and and that really brought people together and and made a community out of it right right and so did you also work um were you there just enjoying your time for the 21 days or cmb did you did you get to do a work alongside her or you're just like dota 2 with everybody like how'd it go I, I i wish i'd been able to go i wasn't able to go so i stayed home and and uh watched it you know on a 12 hour delay um oh, no. oh. from what she was doing so she would give me updates and and let me know how production was going but uh i, I was home for that that was the first one i had missed since 2015 but oh, no she's on full freak out the internet's out yeah and just like <laughs> he wasn't awake do you know how to oh, work no. a switchboard wake up wake up 
<laughs> I, I was just telling you, you better get this tournament running because I'm going to expect to see it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, though, man. So let's talk about, like, well, here's a good question. You guys are duo streamers. You're streamers now. You've done event planning. Um, and are you using some of those same event plan skills to kind of move into streaming? Like, do you find a lot of similarities or are you just like, that's my work and this is different? Like, how's that working for you? There's not as many wheels turning with streaming as there was with event stuff. Cause there's like so many different teams that you're working with on events. Um, and it's just us and it's up to us and we work for ourselves. So, right. um, I know for CMB, the audio engineering has been pretty similar to some of the stuff he's done because he's he used to work in AV. Uh, mm. Oh, well, you still work for an AV company, but um, you used to be a tech. And so it, it, he does a lot of the technician stuff with the sound and the video. Um, and for me, I'm mostly, it, it's not really anything I did with events. I'm mostly the social person. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. I think that's something that a lot of people underestimate is the uh, social media and the outreach part of streaming, right? You can be created a game, but when it comes to Twitch, you know, separating yourself from everybody else in the crowd, it really comes down to social media and building that community. Yeah. Was yeah, that, networking and stuff. Was that something you guys found out early or did you like, like how did that work? How did you come across, like across that? How did you figure that out? Um... I think the biggest thing was Instagram for us to begin with. Uh, we started running and we we started uh, streaming and we we're like, oh, we're going to be this niche, cool thing of couple streamers. And on Instagram, I started following the tag and ran into this whole community of couples. And we just uh, that was like our first insular like people we got to talk to like, hey, how is this working for you? Hey, is it, how have you come across this problem? Like, what did you do to fix it? And it's so a it's trick, like, baby. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Like meeting those people, and then our circle kind of grew from there. Um, and I think what people don't realize until they start streaming is that, a, like, sixty percent of your chat is gonna be people who are streaming currently, want to stream, or have streamed in the past. Yep. And so. It, being really open and talking to other people about what works and what doesn't and not shutting down and being like, these are my secrets. Right. This is how I, my channel yeah. is a lot more. This one yeah. in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> like, just being like, oh, hey, yeah, man, yeah I can help you out with that. Yeah. No, and that's, that's true too. I mean, um, I think we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit because I'm, I'm a big, just fan of content creation in general. And to give you a little background, like before I started streaming, um, I used to teach kids how to play music and we put on live shows. So I have a little bit of background dealing with like running soundboards rock and Andy. the whole mm -hmm. thing. Like I played music for years. And I taught kids for six years how to play music. And every single month we'd have multiple events or we'd go play out live. Um, so doing that experience, I really learned like, and I was running a business. So I figured out very fast, like you got to have social media. But with streaming, for some reason, there was like a disconnect. I was like, I could just turn the camera on and play a game and hang out. And we'll just, I'll just vibe a bit. You know, like that's how every streamer starts. But there's that thing in the back of your head. Like we've, we've quantified this before. Every streamer starts the button because they're like, ooh, it's will be fun. But this could also be something. Like yeah, I'm, already, every I'm already playing the game. I might as well hit the button. Right. So yeah. there's that distinction though of like, 
yeah, you might be hitting the button, but are you creating content? And you have to define that. And then, okay, you're making content now, but if you're not sharing it outside of your little circle, you're not gonna grow. So if you're, you don't have to focus growth, but at the same time, you don't want to have the same two people in chat. Like you want to grow and have fun and connect and and network. And to do that, you got to have social media. So those two things go hand in hand. And I think a bunch of big content creators will also agree that um, when you're creating content, like on Twitch, Twitch is like literally the worst place to grow. Like the worst. Yeah, they're they're you they're searchy wise dog water it's just every yeah, yeah, content algorithm. creator agrees like if you want to grow on twitch you need to also have a youtube and an instagram and a twitter or tiktok, TikTok. or have something big that outside of twitch to draw people to your stream to to use other algorithms to your advantage because twitch has no algorithms and they could give two shits if you do good or not like they don't care yeah, <laughs> yeah. some of our most regular viewers come from raids from uh other streamers that we've met like that's how we've grown on Twitch is through that network, the raids. Yeah. Yeah. When leveled started focusing more on creation, I I wasn't streaming at the point. I like I had just started streaming when he wanted to focus more on. Okay, he took the dive and was like, "I am doing this." Mm -hmm. I was at the same time. I'm pretty bad with socials. I'm trying to get better at using Twitter. I don't use Instagram hardly at all. I just. Mainly, I post like photo edits and stuff on there, stuff I used to do a couple years back. But uh, I network every day. Like, I am talking to different people's chats, other small streamers. I'm lurking. I'm, hey, how's your day, man? Hey, picking people's brains on audio setups. What are they using? What's your mouse? What's your keyboard? Because I, I build custom keyboards on the side as well. Um, and it's, it's intriguing to me to see, like you said, it's not always everybody's uptight keeping their secrets of this that and the other everybody generally wants to help as long as you're not a troll yeah. so just popping in and hey man hope you're having a good stream good luck with your games good luck with your good luck with your run on like hades or another roguelike it's it's always awesome to just organically grow like that and just put the feeling out or the feelers out there for hey not trying to do follow for follow but hey maybe give my stuff a peek when you have a chance or right like i stream too i play fps games i play halo wow mmo whatever um that to me is fun like uh, on the discord side of things that's kind of what i do for og is i spend a lot of time helping people out with their personal cords and just how that goes is like i'll talk to one person get into their discord and then like a plethora of people will just pick each other's brains on okay how do you do work this what what transitions are best how is your audio can you get tweaked for a noise gate a filter like lev's fiverr set up for helping people set up a bunch of their obs or stream elements or stream labs um that just snowballs into suddenly you've got somebody that'll drop by your chat and be like hey hope you having a good day thanks for helping me out like this that and the other and then eventually that becomes one more viewer that's organically there wants to be there rather than just oh hey thanks for helping me out bye right. yeah yeah, yeah it's... In, go ahead i was say like in line with that the the more you give the more you get back right um so you know we've, we've met a lot of couples this way and, and tried to help them out you know we'll give technical advice and and stream advice 
and then they'll come back with you know skills that we don't have so like our sub badges uh, were designed by one of our streaming friends um the the 3d rendering of our logo that rotates at our starting soon page was made by one of our friends um or the the um it badges uh, the profile icons that we use were made by yeah. you know a friend of ours right. and you know they're just people that we built relationships with and they have skills that we don't so they help us out where we're lacking right and we help them out where we know what we're doing i gotta go talk um, to my dad i'll be right back okay, for two seconds things. no worries no it's um it's interesting too because like all right so i come from the business world i have a degree in business and i've run businesses so i thought oh i can go to twitch and kind of network like i would like like a real estate agent or something would but it's not the case in fact i learned very quickly that being just genuine a and just being yourself is really key and then b just not just like literally caring about somebody else's content like legitimately is is important like for example i get this question all the time like hey level do you come watch my stuff i was like if i like it i will but if i don't i won't like it's it's okay like that's that's the the form of content creation like if i like someone's content or i find it engaging i will watch but i'm not gonna sit there and like oh you watch me i'll watch you like that's that fake stuff that's not like that's not how you're gonna grow because you're not creating yeah, a connection you know yeah lev scripted part of his obs to if want to get famous pops up it auto bans i literally ban it like immediately i scripted it it was like nope it's gone <laughs> like, i'm not yeah. dealing with that you know um it's it's a process and i think uh, i was talking to my sister about this the other day like when i was first starting streaming um i started alone like i didn't know anybody i didn't network in twitch i didn't have a discord channel like, i barely had anybody right and because of that like I had him and Yen. Like I had two people and that was it. And Ethereal's there once in a while. Um, but it was because I wasn't spending the time trying to find others people's content, engaging with them, hanging with them, seeing their stuff, like legitimately also being a viewer. And I didn't take my own advice to heart. Like in the Marine Corps, they say you need to, if you want to be a good leader, you gotta be a good follower too. And that's the same thing. It's the same thing here. Same exact thing here. And I learned you yourself are only going to be as creative as your like your mindset is going to allow you to do like you can only come up with so much unless you change perspective. Right. Again, that's exactly it, man. So I it's awesome to hear that you guys have you you've taken all the right steps and your numbers show it. I mean, and they do it organically. I mean, that's the cool part. I mean, you guys started in a year and you're already at what, like 360 followers right now. Something like that. More than that. So it's up there. Like, I think we just hit 460. 460? Yeah. See? Yeah, he's behind the what? times. I'm a boomer, so <laughs> give me a break. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, 461, I guess. Uh, That's crazy. We used to do that whole thing with like the follower goal on there, but it just, it felt forced. Mm, okay. So it, we kind of took it off and just like let it happen. And it, it we don't, we, we were more into engaging through the channel points and the channel point uh, challenges and stuff like that. And then trying to be like, and it works for, it works for other channels. Uh, don't get me wrong. That uh, it's just not our way to do the follower goal and be like at 500 followers, we're going to do this. Right. We're more at a thousand channel points. You can do this for us or you can right. make this pop up on the screen or we're, we'll do a paint challenge again like right i'm actually so we I, don't we don't like to follow the the follower goal as much and it it just it's cool to see the number go up but 
it's not yeah it's passively like, letting it go rather than sitting there with viewer count open is one thing that Lev used to struggle <laughs> with as well. He used to be yes. like, if I'm not getting two followers every stream, I'm not I'm dog shit. Well, I'm no, no, garbage. No, hold on. I had to so there's a different there's a different strategy. So I I agree with you on the follower goal. In fact, we talked with we had a podcast with Dizzy Dilo and he really uh he's another great streamer that I follow and I really look up to because his he changed my mindset a lot. It's not about the number of followers, it's about the chat engagement and the reactions and things that you make during your stream that are really important. Well, kind of. No, no. That was the metric that him and Perkinji decided was the best for them. Right, but that like also them. has been working for them very well. Exactly. I, yeah, I'm guessing what I'm saying is this, is that it's not necessarily about the numbers, it's about how much are you having them engage with you in chat? How much is, how engaging is your content is the, is the metric that they're looking for. They could give a shit less. You could have 10,000 followers and still have two people chatting to you. you yeah, know two unique chatters. Right. Yeah. So like they use that metric as a form of growth. And I agree with that in, in the sense of, okay, it's not necessarily that the chatters are being engaging. It's, it's that your content is engaging enough for them to want to engage. That's the trick. And so, but yeah. one thing I will push back on though, is I actually do still have a daily follow and sub goal and it's not because i am looking to even reach that goal it's because i want to remind myself that i am trying to hit something and then when we are trying to so to me that goal is almost irrelevant like if we hit it great if we don't hit it great but my problem is i never reminded people to like hey if you like it you should follow when that thing pops up on my screen i'm like oh yeah i'm fucking trying to get followers here like hey man follow me you know what i mean it's almost like more of a <laughs> reminder for me than anybody else like so that's my but i could care less like i'm kind of i'm with you on that like i don't really care if i have a thousand followers or ten thousand followers. i don't that's not really important to me what is important is that i'm making engaging content for people that makes them want to engage with me on stream that's that is like my one metric. That's my one thing that I like really look at. But that's also how I judge my games that I choose. That's also like again, like I told you, like I like playing Final Fantasy 14. I like playing World of Warcraft, but I can't stream it because I personally can't make it engaging enough. Like as a streamer, I know I just can't make it engaging enough for my community. And so I'm just going to avoid it. You know what I mean? Like, so when yeah. I use that metric instead, it's really helped me just focus on the main goal make your content engaging and fun and people will naturally come back if they like it realistically you know I, I think there were two things that really um we've learned over the course of the last year of streaming and so the first one being we that we turned off that follower and sub goal and not because it wasn't great for our stream but because it was uh, more of a mental thing like we stopped looking at how many people were in chat uh, because it helped us be more comfortable oh you know there's only two people in chat uh, why am i going to put the energy into it mm -hmm. turn off we turned off how many people were in chat so we're not seeing it actively and we focus more on the game took the pressure off uh not getting that follower or sub goal took the pressure off not having it there if it works for some people that's fantastic but it helped us stay focused on the game enjoy what we're doing in the moment and i think that improved our performance overall it's it's just what worked for us mentally um the i think the other thing that because Kelstra mentioned we do a lot of uh, channel point rewards uh we did a charity stream last month and this month is a lot of special events of uh doing the the challenge streams that we set goals for in that charity stream um that's to say the breaking out of our comfort zone uh using the stream is something that's helped us a lot too 
Um, so we did the Just Dance stream. We did the painting stream. We do all these things that we probably wouldn't do normally, but we do it for the stream because it's engaging. If we embarrass ourselves, it's funny for the viewers. Um, we're doing something different other than just playing games, you know, breaking out of the comfort zone and doing new things um, that people can experience with us, I think is the other is the other thing that we've learned from streaming. Yeah. Yeah. We've been together almost nine years and this guy has danced like three times in that nine years. And so for him to have agreed to do the Just Dance stream, I was like floored. Yeah. I was like, he's already braver than me. I didn't wow. even go to high school prom, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to dance in front of internet strangers. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And he was practicing. I was like, wow, this is amazing. That's so cool. That's so cool, man. And that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome though. And those, that organic engagement that you're creating and those, those really organic moments, that's, that's what sets you apart on Twitch. It's not like, I see this all the time. It's not, you don't have the chillest vibes on Twitch. I'm sorry. Whoever's putting that in their title, I'm guaranteeing you are not the chillest vibes. And I don't care if you have the chillest vibes. I don't care. Like if you if you are in, uh, on the same side, like if you are overbearing sweat lord and don't listen to chat, like I don't care about that either. Like I don't care, you know. Like I hit having the, your head glued to the monitor. If you're yeah, fucking sit, <laughs> sweaty McGee, like I'm good, bro. Like I'll pass. Like I think the most fun streams on Twitch, it's a it's an entertainment value, and it's different for everybody. But entertainment value is something that people grossly underestimate when they first start streaming because they think just like oh it's easy asmongold just plays world of warcraft and talks to his chat like i could do that that's psh, i'll be the next shroud in no time i'm good at valorant like <laughs> yeah okay bud like you know Sh you know shroud was also a pro player who built up a following elsewhere and then came to twitch and then on top of that he had to learn to be engaging imagine yeah. that you know what i'm saying like asmongold started out as literally a degenerate world of warcraft player who would not shut the fuck up and he figured out that he could do that on screen stream and if he just stayed up till 3 a.m he'd just capture all the viewers and that was his growth strategy he like, found his time slot yeah you yeah. know so it's like people really <laughs> underestimate the amount of entertainment value that you can give and you might just be that person that turns the camera on but what are you doing to keep engagement like what what are you doing and if you can't answer the question of what are you doing to keep engagement then you're not you can't expect to grow hitting the hammer on the head i.e lev's case there's a certain helmet that sits behind him that a certain someone in this call may have gifted him at one point yeah let me and it, we've I'm put it to out. great use I'm it out. okay so this is this is the chief helmet this is migo chief mm -hmm. okay it doesn't fit so my chin hangs out at the bottom. It's the chin stream every Dude, time he wears it. I literally, it's it's literally, it's barely see-through as is, and it's foggy. So the more I talk, the foggier it gets. So I literally can't see what I'm doing at all. So they make you wear it. And the, we'll like, be playing Reach Snipers, and he'll be see shooting at red blobs. Yeah, literally, just I'll shoot my teammates. I'll shoot the wall. Anything that looks like it's moving, I'm shooting at it. Like it's just is what it is. Um. But that's awesome, but man. Um, go ahead. As an engagement tool, that thing is perfect because right. it's unique. If somebody pops by your channel and is looking at a, um, like, as it, at the active, like, screenshot of your VOD as it's being played, people will see the helmet and go, he's wearing a Master Chief helmet. What's this guy doing? Right. 
And I have a good friend, uh, Arcflow, who isn't streaming currently because he's currently out of the country. He's doing a like a transfer student thing. And uh, he streams as the Mandalorian from like he has the whole helmet, armor, everything. It's incredible. And he was a Battlefront 2 and uh, a couple other variety Star Wars games. But that like that draw, I don't want to call it clickbait per se, but that like that unique thing that you need to find whatever your niche is to draw people in just an eye grabber. It's an extra little layer on the cake for everybody else is it's always useful. Yeah. Yeah. You want to put your own spin on things, right? You we're party of two. And so (laughs) she's got something too. All right. (laughs) So, so we've got our emotes and we cosplay those every once in a while. Uh, We're party of two, right? So uh, we tried to design some channel point rewards around the party theme. So my favorite channel point rewards now are, are things that people can redeem that play uh, music and some effects on our stream, you know, for like an EDM party or metal or Lev knows uh, that role. dance party, right? Yeah. yeah, you want to take ideas and spin them to yourself, you know, make them unique to your channel, and and that's just one more thing that draws people in. Yeah, yeah. I like the party ones, but I think my favorite one um, is the sound effects redemption, where we turn off the game volume for the stream and we have to create the sound effects ourselves. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's a yeah. genius We've gotten one. the greatest clips out of this. Oh it's it's amazing. God. And sometimes we get worse. Sometimes we get better at the game by making the effects like pew, pew, roll. That's a great idea. That's amazing. That one's really fun. Yeah. And so one thing that was interesting too, and I'll ask you guys your opinion on this. So um i'm a i'm a again love content creation so of course i've been watching all the numbers on twitch and all this kind of stuff right and what i found and i don't know if you agree with this is still also working theory so when justin tv first started it was playing a game having your camera that was enough content but now that the group of streamers has exponentially increased and the amount of partners has stayed the same um i find that you have to have more and more stuff to be engaging, which means it's kind of this, it's like a pressure cooker. Like the best will kind of rise to the top and the rest will fall off. Like, and it seems to me that it's forcing streaming to get better as a whole. Do you guys find that in the year that you've been streaming that you've found more people being more engaging? Like what has been the layout for you guys or what's your take on the landscape? The interesting it, question. I just threw it out you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's you're trying to find people that are doing something different, and that you know everybody can't be the same, right? Because then nobody stands out. So one person uh, puts a unique spin on something. Somebody else may take that idea and and build on top of it. So I think the more people that are out there doing creative, making creative innovations, only helps other people that want to innovate on that. Um, you don't want to just like, so a lot of people do hot challenges and now everybody puts a, a unique spin on the hot challenge. Um, so we, we did that just as an example. Um, we had our dance stream, our charity dance stream playing just dance and did a hot stream in the, or a hot challenge in the middle of that to try and dance through it. Um, oh, no. you know, and, Oh no, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you're like constantly trying to one up, I guess. Right. Or yeah, a guy to my left. Nobody's seen. Just so happens to hate pineapple, and that was his reward. I, I saw a little of that. 
There was some motivation right there. I saw that. I didn't want to lose. I did not want to end the stream last night without winning because I did not want to eat pineapple for a third row and like third night in a row. I was like, I'm done. I am done. I'm not losing tonight. It was like we motivation. We were telling you to get a pineapple smoothie instead of just raw pineapple. So that just, ugh. I want it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it like, okay, it's the, I'm going to get the nastiest thing that I can like imagine right now. And it's raw slimy if pineapples pineapple. the nastiest thing you can think of we need to talk it's not but like i've done a hot stream where i played destiny 2 and every time i died i had to eat like some of the hottest hot sauce in the world and i was literally just like sweating i look like like a like literally from 1998 like doom player just sweating ugh, just like die dying for like two hours straight and then it got so bad i just kept dying and it made me eat more hot sauce and it was it was horrendous and uh yeah but like i'm not gonna go with like tabasco like i'm gonna go with i'm gonna do it if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it so if i'm gonna eat like pineapple i'm just gonna eat the pineapple not the smoothie like just the pineapple and it was disgusting like i almost threw up on stream i was kind of embarrassed <laughs> it's gross i, yeah, I think it depends on the type of streamer you want to be though because or that you can be because i feel like the more entertaining um things have come out of the variety streamers and that's how we're keeping engagement whereas we've we watch quite a few people that are just apex or just dota and their streams are super simple it's just the camera in the game they don't have any channel point redemptions it's it it really you could tip the scales either way depending on what you want to do and we're here for the entertainment value because we're not pros so that's what we need to do is make it exciting to be there right i'm dude i'm super yeah. i can't lie i'm a little jealous like somebody who can just turn their screen on and they have like a really shitty camera and a terrible mic but they just like still host like two thousand viewers i'm like i put like eight hours a day into my stream and they like, they can just like get 8k no problem like Damn it, man. Like, I got one scene in OBS. <laughs> yeah, their camera. Yeah, they just pull stuff over to their screen and they, their camera's blurry as hell. And it's like, you know, 25 FPS. They're like, damn it, dude. That's crazy. My favorite, my favorite that I've seen by far was this guy named Maudlin that I ran into when I was playing Rogue Company a lot. Shout out, Maudlin. Uh, Shout out. His, his webcam is posted up in his ring light behind his monitor. His monitor covers up half of his face from the position of the webcam. So you see like his eyeballs and his forehead and he's focused up on gameplay and occasionally talking to chat on his second monitor. But it's so funny. You'll be seeing him play the game like, huh, huh. And that's all you see. You don't see the rest of his facial expressions. It's perfect. I love it. Uh, it's like there's a meme aspect. I mean, kind of like how PewDiePie is one of the biggest YouTubers of all time. And he just builds his entire career off being a, a meme. Like, Asmongold's the same way. Like, he's got all these really shitty graphics. And it's just like, it's like this, or like a, a Pay Money Wubby is another giant one. Where he just built his whole career off of just being, being a meme lord. You know, like, so there is entertainment But the value memes in can that. pop off. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not a hate. This is not a hate. Like, even those players that have the shitty cam and stuff like that, and they've got great plays, they're, they figured out that their gameplay is strong enough to carry their content. And I don't hate them for that. You know, but I feel like variety streamers have it rough sometimes because we got to, like, really, really grind to, like, not only play different games, but keep doing new engaging things, keep adding more engagement to your stream, and really kind of make that 
and and maintain your community at the same time like you gotta like you're juggling more stuff than like all right i'm really good at apex hit start fucking shred like you know what i'm saying like that's like their gameplay and that's what works for them i just i wish I, sometimes I wish I could have been that good at like Halo. I can just be a Halo god and just walk in, but like I'm just gonna fucking but shred these. You also got to think. Like, not everybody know. wants to jump in and watch pub stopping. That's true too. Some mm. pub, some people want to watch like high tier competitive Apex, like the ALGS and them that are playing, and nobody fights until ring three. Like you might have like one early engagement for KP and like high pred lobbies or in these ALGS custom lobbies where no one is fighting you're maintaining ammo you're maintaining health you're maintaining like positioning everybody's vying for where they think center ring is and most of these guys have played so much they just naturally know okay ring's gonna end here right yeah and yeah algs was insane it was like ring five there's still 11 teams left and it's like getting smaller and smaller it's like they can barely even fit in the ring and <laughs> depending on the hero that. or the legend like composition You'll have teams at every verticality. Like you'll have people caught up on flagpoles. You'll have people on the top of the drums and uh, sorting factory. You'll have people in a little tiny nook room with all three of them condensed together. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, ready, break, and everybody runs out. Right. That's yeah, those moments are so cool too. So what what drew you guys to esports? Like, was it because of Dota two or is there something else? It was Dota, mm -hmm. pretty much. So I think. We mostly watched Dota until we started streaming, and then that's when we kind of started watching other tournaments. And that was more of a lack of um, tournaments on Valve's part. There was there wasn't really much Dota during the um, during the pandemic, mm. so we got into other games. We started watching other tournaments, and uh, it's it, it was fun to watch some new stuff. Right. Um... So what games are you it. currently playing right now? Like what games are you really interested in? I know I know CMB you've been playing Dota 2 off and on here and there and kind of getting into varieties, but what are some games that you really enjoy streaming? Like what where do you feel like you have the the best like the most fun? Uh so the way we split it up actually is uh you know, is if you see the schedule, it's uh we have a single player day on Monday. We have a co-op game that we're playing together uh, dedicated to on Tuesdays and Sundays. Um, and then Friday is, is a multiplayer uh, that we can join with other people. So uh, Overwatch is a big one for us. Uh, Apex, when we can get other viewers in. Valorant, even though we're terrible at it, we got a few people that really enjoy Valorant. So if that gives us a chance to interact with them and play with them, that's what we do. So that's they, that's kind of how we split up our schedule. Okay. They dip um, their toes in Apex on Friday. And watching uh, your guys' gameplay, I was just sitting here going, Yes, every time you guys would get kills, I was like, "Oh my god, this is majestic." Yeah. <laughs> like Friday was hard cuz we started on controller and we 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 found out that controller Apex is not for us. It's rough. <laughs> it's like, hard. Yeah. I haven't played controller adjust. FPS since I built my first PC back in Black Friday 2017. Um I switched to DC or M&K for Destiny 2 Forsaken and I haven't looked back. And I've tried to play Apex with Ace and a couple other people on controller. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> right. How did I used to do this? Looks like Silent mm -hmm. Storm was saying delete Bastion. So is Bastion still a problem in Overwatch? Because he's like, oh, I played when it Silent. first came out. 
<laughs> and um, adequate. <laughs> Bastion is just the hero that we have to hate on because we're sick of seeing him. You know, you get to that last point, you're about to take the game, enemy team breaks out of Bastion, and all I have to do is sit there and just mow down the, the team, the pushing team. And yeah. I cannot tell you how many games we've lost just because one person decides to break out of that Bastion and, and keep us off the point. Right, so right. It's our, it's our hashtag delete Bastion has kind of become a meme for us. And... Okay. <laughs> I've never Kelsey. been I've never been much for Overwatch. I've haven't I've literally have never played a single moment, but I've watched like different TikToks, different memes, like the metas that have shifted from Bastion to uh the little turret guy. I think his name's Bjorn or something. Corbjorn. Uh, Corbjorn, yeah. and then uh back in the Mercy meta when like they just made her infinitely too OP of like it, it's interesting to see each game has their own like 5v5 6v6 some of the event conditions where stuff changes but seeing the ebb and flow of these games metas change and i have no idea what's going on on screen like i i sat and lurked your guys's game and i was like okay so he's shooting him but that guy's up in the air dunking on people that guy's just a turret rolling around shooting people i'm like what the hell is happening <laughs> Yeah, man. yeah it's hard to follow but uh, yeah that that's just our that's the hero that makes us rage in that game right do you guys have any okay. uh i guess oh go ahead no, no no go ahead i was gonna say do you guys have any aspirations to maybe do like a like a duo like get into like an esports tournament do you guys do any tournaments yourselves uh we were actually kind of talking about getting into the duality tv apex tournament uh, I think they moved it to next week or next month, um, mm -hmm. July. Yep. So it depends uh, if we have time. And I have a couple of ladies that I might do a full lady squad with a couple of weekends as well. Okay. So that's like the first time I think we've really felt like we could compete. Right, right. <laughs> so don't feel stressed that you have to play at an elite gamer level. Like, we're going to host these for the purpose of, yeah, it's a kill race. And then, yeah, everybody's there to frag out and have, go nuts. But at the same time, not everybody's there for the prize pool. Everybody's there to just have a good time. Yeah, I've played exactly. six different Apex tournaments. And two nice. of them were since Fight Night came out on uh, World's Edge. And it that was quickly people figured out, okay, Octane's broken in Fight Night because his passive regen. So people would run out, get like two kills and then hide in a corner behind their teammates, knocked body and just sit there and regen while everybody else is brawling inside the ring. Right. See, I'm scared to join any more tournaments. I think I had, I got, uh, back in the day I used to play Halo three, like really competitively. And so I do a couple local tournaments and then I figured out very quickly that I was pretty good at Halo, but I can get really sweaty and like, especially playing against the people. So that I think I'm just, you know, that's old school. Now and now it's all new and you can do it online. Like that back then you had to like actually go to these events and like do all that stuff. And um there was still online. Obviously Halo 3 was online as well, but the most of the events were still local. Um and because of that, I still have like the back of my head, like, all right, you gotta bring the sweatband, you gotta bring the monster energy drink, like you gotta like be locked in. Like now it's like, you know, there are some it's it's new to me that there are casual like more casual events. Like it's still something I think personally I'm still getting used to. It's cause I'm used to that old school style of like, you know, uh, like quake land parties. Like you're gonna fucking kill you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of like, it's still there, but in just a higher level, I guess you could say. On that, 
I used to run half marathons, um, and my mom was part of a running group that was all like into Disney because we lived in Florida, mm-hmm. so Disney's like a culture. Um, but her running group had this saying: "The uh, dead last finish is greater than did not finish," which greatly trumps "did not start." It's like so it. it and even that. in running, I was never running a half marathon to win it. I was running it to finish it for myself. Mm. So. It, I feel like that with tournaments. I'm not an amazing player. I'm not a pro, but I want to go and have fun and just say that I did it and see how where I place. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That really Having, is insightful. I'm. I vibe with that. I ran cross country for three years in high school, and that like, the only PR you got to beat is your own. That was like our thing. Is we had a couple people. Our one of our varsity guys actually was like two seconds off the Oregon state record, but uh, that was he was nuts that dude was a speed demon right but for the rest of us like it was just you don't have to beat the guy next to you or the guy 30 steps in front of you just beat yourself every time every time you go out try to best yourself that's like that alley that whole that was just the vibe of that right yeah and you set a personal goal right and it's kind of like with streaming you know you're not doing it you you may be doing it to be the best, um, but if you're not, if you continue to stream, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it because you enjoy it, because other people enjoy it. You're doing it for a, a personal experience, and you're setting goals for yourself to, you know, hopefully break. Um, but it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing necessarily, if as long as you're enjoying what you're doing. Right, right. I think that's key. I think it's very important too, because you can take that aspect into any part of your life, like. If you're trying to get better at lifting, you're only just trying to get better than your past self. It is what it is. And if you're trying to get better at streaming, you know, you're just trying to make as fun as content as you possibly can and then keep growing. Like if I look back at my early content, because I've I've been streaming for quite some time, but I've I, I consider it I've really like committed to streaming only for the past, I'd say what, seven months now, Zion? Like that, something like that. Like Yeah, like uh, a little bit more than that. I think it was like maybe september october of last year yeah you were like, all so, right knuckle down it was wild and halo and now it was just halo and then we got you into apex and then, right yeah. so it's been uh, but that's when i started like making i started editing like a madman i started we started the podcast we i started a merchandise brand like i was just like i'm like i am just jumping the hell in like both feet and there's been mistakes and there's been some events that haven't gone well and there's been streams that haven't gone well and all of that's okay. It's just been one of these learning things. I'm just, all I'm trying to do is make like, okay, last week was cool. How can I make it just a little bit better? Just like a little, like one, 2% better than last week. And if I can keep doing that week after week, I consider that a win in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And I see that for, it works for you guys. You've been straight for one year. You're almost at 500 followers. I mean, that is not something to like, that's something you should be proud about. And I know you're not looking at followers, but if you're looking at a metric, right? Like that's how many people have been engaged enough to literally continue to f- see when you go online. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, they're online. Cool. Let's come hang out. You know what I mean? It's It surprises right. us too, um, looking at those numbers or just like we said, we don't keep track of it during the stream, but we'll look at metrics after the stream. Gilstrom will pull up, you know, what the average was, how many unique chatters there were. And it, it kind of surprises us. Um, in a good way um but it keeps us constantly also thinking like what can we do what can we improve um you know what new technology is out there what can we add to the stream that really rewards these people for being there um lately also been thinking a lot about subs you know we want to give back to to people that have 
put into our stream and all, all the money that we get in the stream goes back to it um all the you know donations and sub uh subscription money that we get you know goes to upgrading equipment or buying things for a new challenge that we're going to do on stream that lego set the face paint uh whatever it may be is is it's it's purely for the streaming and the joy of doing it yeah. Legos are expensive, man. Yes, they are. <laughs> we didn't know. Yeah. We were like, we bought Legos like 25 years ago when we were kids, and they were they were all right. Uh, and now they're like three and four hundred dollars sets. What is this? It's crazy. Yeah, the the Lego like Millennium Falcon and Star Destroyer are like uber expensive. Yeah. yeah, I bought a little Bionicle set for my uh, my cousin, and it was like forty five dollars for this little box. I was like, what the mm -hmm. hell is this? Like, like. Yeah. And they don't lose their value. No. Because we have a used Lego store right next to us. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's do a Lego stream. We'll just go to the used store and get a couple of cool sets. And we're like, we get there and we're like, we can buy maybe one. Yeah, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah. And now I remember why my mom bought the, the Lincoln Logs. We weren't Lego people. We were Lincoln Logs because those shits are yeah. cheap. <laughs> I was like, we had those. Job, mom. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. So oh, a little while ago, back when Lev was talking about like the land quake thing, that's an interesting topic in and of itself. Like going back to you, you've done these events for Dota and all of that on the technical side, which one makes more sense? Like all of these land events or like are land events harder to set up than these online events because you have worldwide or like stateside scheduling of a guy east coast versus west coast and trying to get them to scrim at the same time is a pain in the butt but then lan yes you reduce reduce a lot of like technical issues but at the same time if wi-fi goes down both teams are done like mm -hmm. you the match is interrupted it's a hard one like you have a lot more control over a land situation but the manpower to put stuff together like that is a lot more than um, doing it remotely. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's more engaging, though, to have a LAN in-person tournament. And even when just the teams show up to the LAN, it's so much more engaging because you can build a set around them and all this instead of just uh, their crappy cameras on and an online can... tournament and... You can have the hype and the smack talk of in-person interaction versus just game comms or talking yeah. smack over Discord. And they've kept it mostly regional with the online tournaments through the pandemic because of the time zone issues. You can't, it's really hard to schedule a Chinese team to play an American team or- Or an um, EU a, and Oz. Yeah, yeah it, right. so it, it's been, they've I, been forced to be really uh, regional and they didn't have to do that for land tournaments where everybody comes in a few days before it gets used to the time um does some scrims and then they go to battle right i think um the the flip side of the coin but with land and online events is yeah like kelstrom kelstrom said it takes more manpower to put on that land event you know put put more into the production uh the live side of things what happens in person you know coordinating and all that i think with online because our company you know doing events had to look at a lot of online uh resources to make these events happen when the pandemic hit and we couldn't do it in person or it was extremely limited um and uh, online may be easier because you need fewer people to to run the event because it's it's not centralized 
Um, but you're at the mercy of a lot more external factors uh, when you have somebody remote that maybe doesn't have a good internet connection. Mm. Right? How do ping, we bring that person? Ping is uncontrollable. Like, ping is uncontrollable. Yeah. Uh, if their internet goes down, you, you know, what can you do? You've got one person out, but maybe everybody else is still in. So how do you build around that? Um, it's 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 the external factors that really get you in an online sense. I think LAN is easier because you have more that you can control yourself. Hmm. That makes sense. And that's one thing we had a um, we had somebody come on the podcast who runs Sea of Champions, which is a, a Sea of Thieves um, like esports production company, basically. And uh, they do all of their stuff online. He kind of talked about some of the challenges of doing it. He kind of hit on some of the topics you were talking about where, you know, like, for example, in Sea of, sea of Thieves, they almost had to have, like, other characters, like, staff in the game, like, getting these camera angles while the action was happening, which made things harder. And then they had to, like, switch in between everybody's, like, point of view in real time. And that may or may not work well depending on their internet or depending Especially on when they you know, all blast a mast on a ship and suddenly somebody in a crow's nest goes flying. Yeah. That's a lot harder to capture footage when your guy has to catch a mermaid to get back on the ship. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's like those really weird aspects and like, I, I love how uh, uh, apex allows, I guess people to kind of like do this like free camera, almost like halo where you got like the forge and do a free camera. Cause that helps a ton. And that way you can kind of engage with that. Does Dota two has that when you can run, uh, tournaments as well right yeah they have a spectator cam there's actually a, a two positions usually dedicated to the the what's the word for it not spectator but um the observer so you got people that are you know you got 10 players pulling up different camera perspectives trying to catch team fights because you know if you played mobas you know there's generally three different lanes where action can be happening is to jump to that lane if all of a sudden a kill comes out of nowhere somebody's got to be quick to switch that camera angle right um and so just following the action uh checking the stats checking the items uh checking the levels um how the teams are coordinating around that play it's a it's a lot to follow so you usually have two people dedicated to that in any um broadcast situation okay that makes so sense. Now, is, that, than... is that two minimum or is there usually more because my I think it's usually two is is the rule. Sometimes one, um, depending on the budget of the of the tournament. But I think any more than two, it gets a little too messy. Um, but you have two people observing, and then you have the caster, the shout caster, and the analyst that are actually doing the talking. It takes the pressure off them to not have to to try and manually follow the action on the computer and just focus on the plays that are happening on screen. Gotcha. Uh, how about this CMB? You've got a background AV. Why don't you be a shoutcaster for Dota 2? Uh, my buddy had been trying to get me into that for a while, but he, he, he we've never been able to just kind of coordinate it. But it, I, we always thought it would be funny because we love following the talent in the Dota community and in other games too, right? Like the, the people calling the shots and, and being that entertaining face on screen. There's a balance between, I think, uh, analyzing the play and then just talking you know sometimes yeah. it's just talking shit and that's what people come to see they they want to see the play but they also want to hear the entertainment uh behind it oh yeah um so yeah and we considered that but it's 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 a hard industry to break into because just like esports in the u.s um you know being that caster being that shout caster or analyst is is a coveted job because the people that do it are really good and there may not necessarily be a need to bring in more you right. know 
And then once somebody builds a name for themselves, you, they kind of like get the gigs for the other shout casting for other events. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. You uh, could, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, maybe you can do like, you know, one for your own tournament. You guys run a little Dota 2 tournament for you in the community. And then it's just CMB. Back with the action, boys and girls. Like, you know, you get like the get the suit on, like do the whole nine. You know what I mean? Put together a demo reel. Or or here, hear me out. You have a duo stream. You shout cast Kalestrom like Kay's stream like the entire time. Oh, she would love that. That would be just the hilarious. over the shoulder with the mic like red right on it. Yeah, just... it would be hilarious oh, to see a little cutaway. Like we're coming back to the action. So, Kay, tell us about that play you just had when you fell off the cliff. Like you know, like... <laughs> it's a bold strategy. Do you want to explain that one to us? Yeah, I think my personal favorite of like crowd interaction versus uh, like casters and analysts and stuff has to be the Aussie crew. Like I am Sydney. Uh, a year or two ago when they had that big event and the misfits were there and they were like you could hear the crowd in the background chanting like oh eg evil geniuses or wankas and stuff like half the crowd <laughs> left like mid-match for the misfits to go out to like a gate and they met all of their fans there and they were vibing back and forth and they were like oh god they, they were talking mad smack like the Misfits is a group of YouTubers like Collective uh, Fitz, John on the Radio, Toby on the Telly, Zuckles, McCreamy. They're just a bunch of guys with no filter. They they refuse to censor themselves on YouTube and a couple of them stream and whatnot. But uh, Zuckles is like a pro Rust player. He used to be nuts at like Rust, PUBG, all that. And he, he talks a lot of smack. He's Aussie. C word makes a lot of verbiage. Uh, but... They're, the crowd started chanting Zuckles a retard. Yeah. And they would they were doing that over and over mid-match as these two CS pro teams are playing. Oh no. And the cast the <laughs> casters are like, what is going on? Well, it's, we had I think it was TI eight in Vancouver. It might have no, it was it was TI seven. It was still in Seattle. Um there was a player named Moo. Okay. And so he would make these plays and the entire arena, we, we would start going moo and just mooing <laughs> in the audience. And then the Chinese um, uh, viewers, when he would die, would moo back at us. Oh, no. <laughs> and so then the casters, because of the way that it was echoing around the arena, they had to say uh, like every five minutes on the stream, they'd be like, for any of you, those watching online, those are moos, not boos, boos, <laughs> not boos. <laughs> those are cool moments, man. That's I think. I mean, we're, we're obviously, a lot of us got stuck online during COVID, and I think a lot of people miss those engagements. Like, I'm not a big sports person. Like, I don't watch a lot of sports, but I do like going to sports, like, sport, like going to a baseball game. I don't watch baseball. I don't give a shit. But it's that engagement, that crowd interaction. When somebody hits the ball out of the park, everybody stands up and goes crazy. Like, that, it's, it's really kind of cool. And then when you take the intricacy of gaming, and then you also add that in. Like, I can see how that'd be really cool. Like, I'd fly to Shanghai for that. That'd be, like, be sweet. And then you go to, like, the hotel afterwards. And, like, everybody's at the bar. Like, you guys see that play? That was crazy. And, like, like that kind of stuff would be awesome. So, I can only imagine, Kay, after the event was over, that you were just like, yeah. Like, you yeah, know. the hype adrenaline dump of just. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. That's what uh, when we, for 
Vancouver um, when we were there. That was the first time we really got a group of people that we met at the event, and we were we were going out every night after the games, and we'd oh, go to a different sick. restaurant, and we'd all like talk together. And all the restaurants around there had the ten thousand people that were in the arena, so you'd go to a bar, and everybody's there talking about the games that happened that day, and the players would come out too. Um, so it was it was that was the first time that we really. Because those those days are long. They're like 16-hour days of watching all the games, and we're there for every single minute of it. We're not there just for one team. So it, that was, it, other years, we were too tired, but that year we found some people that we met in the line, and every day we sat together and we went out to eat together, and it was great. That's awesome. I haven't experienced something to that extent, but I went to a concert pre-COVID that uh, it, it's a rapper named NF. He's quote unquote a Christian rapper he doesn't swear that doesn't necessarily make him a Christian rapper but like 18,000 people went to this concert cool. it was sold out and it was my first concert so I was like yeah this is hype this is sweet me and my best friend uh, his rename's Rocker but uh, we went up to Portland we hung out we went to the concert everybody had drinks there was like six of us that all went and uh, we had a good time but then from there the next morning it was interesting because we went to an IHOP and everyone in there was wearing NF merch. Oh. And people would walk in and see the merch and be like, AONF, and everybody would be like, Woo! That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and this is at an IHOP at like 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. A lot of people are hung over, and they're still doing this. It was sick. Right. Yeah, the energy in the community of a live esports event, it, you see it, right? Like you're talking about going out for traditional sporting events. We would go out for the Super Bowl every year, not because we follow football, but because it's it's fun and, and hanging out with people that just get into it. Same thing with music, like you're saying, Zion and esports. It's just another thing for us to kind of bond over and 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 meet people with a like-minded interest and then just like get into that energy of a live event. It's a different It's a different thing. Yeah, it's a different feel completely. I agree, man. Yeah. Well, what? Speaking um, about. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, We're doing man. it again. Okay, Every time. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of like-minded interests, Leveled and I have a segment that I came up with that we do every couple of podcasts. Uh, it's over-under. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a topic, and I want you to tell me if it's overrated or underrated. Ooh. Was so a couple? This will be really good. So if I say fast food joint, Give me a fast food joint that's overrated. And then if you want to think about it, give me an underrated one. Uh, we've had like Chick-fil-A's overrated, Chipotle's overrated. Like, oh, uh, she's already shaking her head. <laughs> no, okay. All right. Well, let's start with fast food then. Over under. Over under. You're muted. Oh, you're again. muted, bud. Sorry. You're good. Uh, okay. Uh, do you want to go one at a time, one person at a time? Oh, just, just have at it. Yeah, have at it. Crazy. Right, uh, like, overrated for me, in and out Oh, okay. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Okay. Chick-fil-A? Chick all right, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have a Chick-fil-A local. It hurts him, we, but... We just got an in and out but uh, I don't have a Chick-fil-A local, and the one time I've had it, it was pretty good, but at the same time, I'm not... I wouldn't go get it if it was here local over right. the other stuff I like. Ooh, uh, uh, adequate said overrated Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm going to ban you, okay? I love those wings. <laughs> You're going to get banned right now. <laughs> B-dubs, baby. Either you guys have an underrated fast food joint. And it doesn't have to be big, like, big name McDonald's, yeah. Subway, any of that. It can be a mom and pop. Hmm. I don't know. I think in Seattle, um, there's, like, there's a culture around Dick's Burgers. 
Okay. Um, they're they're really good burgers for fast food, and they keep them really cheap. Um, they didn't even take credit cards until a couple years ago, and that was part of how they could keep uh, the burgers wow. really cheap. Uh, everybody goes there. Like, they, nobody really talks about going to McDonald's or Wendy's for burgers. You you go to Dick's, and you when people come that are new to the city, you're like, "Have you gotten your bag of Dick's yet?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's epic. That's awesome. Next time I go to Seattle, I'm gonna have to get some Dick's. Yeah, oh, I knew yeah. you would. Um. Since yeah. adequate brought up wings, that's all I can think about. I think underrated for me for wings is a uh, wing stop. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you. I will say if we're talking about underrated wings, Pizza Hut wings are actually baller. I'm not going. Uh, it depends on which flavor no, no, no. you get. No, no, no. I'm talking about the wings themselves because you know if you order wings sometimes from some of these places, like the wings are like tiny and like overcooked. They, Pizza Hut nailed it. All right, they're not, they're cooked just right. They're not like dry. They're big pieces of chicken and they just smother it in sauce and it's delicious. So good. I, I can't say that I've tried them. So good. People, people, I that's have. underrated. They're, they're like Buffalo mediums, pretty good. But... Buffalo mediums, pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on from fast food, uh, let's try films. If you can do an overrated film or an underrated film. And you can take your time. Like we can. Yeah, we got all. time. I've we've heard like Interstellar is underrated. Uh, we've heard like, oh god, like Empire Strikes Back was underrated. Like a couple other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's a tough one. Yeah, There's and it's, so much it's to choose like from. if you need to base it in like, do you want like sci-fi, horror, rom-com? Like I can spit those too. Like if you want to kind of isolate it more so than just being broad. I have my overrated. It's just okay. going to be really spicy. All right, let's do oh, go for it. Hit this with spice. Let's hit this spice. Oh, man. <laughs> this is going to hurt me. I guarantee it. Yeah, okay. I know. Right. You know what it is. I, I totally think the whole Star Wars franchise is overrated. All right. Get her out of here. No. <laughs> cut her mic. Just cut her, cut her mic. She's done. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. I'm a Trekkie. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's very oh, that's rare. Why. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the Halo. Versus, At least you're uh, sci-fi. Yeah, okay. We'll do sci-fi. I'll take that. She, she just doesn't like space wizards. She just likes you CMB. Know... Do you have one or you, you want to stew on it a little more? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking on it. Uh, I'm stuck on uh, underrated. Um, I think shit, underrated no, was hard. the, the, the yeah. Hobbit. Underrated the Hobbit? Oh. the Hobbit? Really? I'm saying it. I'm saying it. And just because like. They took a well, dead which, franchise. Which Hobbit movie? Okay, I grew up with the literally the first animated Hobbit movie back in the day. Like I grew up on that <laughs> one, like with the really creepy ass Gollum. You guys, well, it, yeah, they're not even in the same ballpark. It's like, like flashbacks, right? So I just like they they brought it up. I thought they, it was a good cast. Like it was it was a it was way more fast paced, and it, I think it was pretty good. So it was the new the newest Hobbit, the very first one, the very first one, very first one. Um. Okay. Of course, the fighting scenes are always great, yada yada yada. But I, I think it was a little underrated. I, I personally enjoyed it. I like Lord of the Rings. Obviously, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. And obviously, yeah, the first Tol trilogy was great. You know, but actually, just reviewed a post the other day. Uh, Tolkien, when he was trying to release the, I, I can't remember if it was the Hobbit series or the Lord of the Rings books into Germany, they tried questioning him for his Aryan heritage, oh. and he was like, uh. 
why does that matter? I'm trying to release and promote my book series. Right. And it's he very eloquently said, fuck you, yeah. essentially. <laughs> like, it was awesome. It's this whole big post. You can read it out. Oh, it's it's out. incredible. But uh, if you can't come up with it, CMB, we can move I, on. Or You got I, it? I've got... I've got my underrated, and it's it's going to be kind of funny. I, I think underrated, and I'll give an explanation as to why. Underrated is the Fast and the Furious um, as a franchise. And and the reason why, I think some people take it too seriously. So what put it in perspective to me um, was that the Fast and the Furious is really popular in Japan. And yeah. the reason being is that they, they look at it like kind of like Americans look at anime. Like it's it's just fun, right? They just go, they don't care that it's over the top. They don't care that it started off as street racing that's turned into like freaking super powered humans in muscle cars. It, it's just fun. They enjoy it. And I think the Fast and the Furious is something that because of its origins, people have kind of kind of looked down on it now, right? They're like, this isn't what it used to be. Right. But we're just really just... This. I'm going to survive this car falling out of the sky because family. Because family. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's got that theme of family and friendship and everything else is just, it's happening and they're going to fight their way through it. it. It's a bond that they created and and it, it really is. It's like American anime. And so that that helped me enjoy it a lot more because I had fallen off the train too. But I think the Fast and the Furious is just underrated because people take it too seriously. It's just there to have fun. Right. I... I actually had something funny to t attach onto that. So there's there's always been like a running meme of so because of World War II, we got anime. After they bombed like Hiroshima and the other one, I'm always brain farting. Uh, I apologize. Nagasaki. 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 Japan fell into a huge recession and they were like big depressed and all of their cre like animators and artists came together and started drawing manga and then manga eventually progressed into anime to like the U.S. bombing Japan created anime is the running gag, and that's their way of getting back at us. <laughs> now we're addicted. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, uh, adequate in chat was uh, he said overrated Avatar. Do you mean o Avatar Last Airbender, or do you mean the Avatar James Cameron Avatar? Oh, I, I guarantee you suck about James Cameron Avatar. Yeah, I, I hope no one's saying like the Avatar Last Airbender was actually good. And I wouldn't say Daredevil was underrated. Daredevil was actually like fairly well recognized and enjoyed. Wait, the show or the movie? Depends. Oh, the mo which and which movie? Well, I'm I'm talking the Netflix show, like the. Oh, the, the Netflix show was fantastic. But the Daredevil movie? Oh, he's was... saying the 2003 oh, movie was underrated. Wrong. You're just wrong with Ben with Affleck, Affleck. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm sorry. You're just absolutely wrong. That's almost James Patterson level acting. I'm sorry. I was worse than that. It was terrible, man. No, that was not All right. good. So before we get into a danger zone, um, <laughs> danger zone's good. Meat and potatoes. Overrated, underrated video game. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so this the overrated's easy here for me just because I'm on sitting on one side of the fence very clearly biased. Um I think League of Legends is highly overrated. Okay. <laughs> she knew it was coming. She knew it was coming. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a Dota player and I get that. Um I think I think uh, League of Legends has its its community and I understand why people enjoy it. Um I'll be in a very toxic community. True. I can't say that Dota is much better, to be honest with yeah, you. Every MOBA has that, like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a little bit of a personal vendetta of, of behind how League and Dota split and came to be. Um, but I think I think Dota for me is the better one, and and League just kind of it, it's it's not as fulfilling. I've I've played League, and maybe it's just my perspective. I just I think it's overrated. I'll leave it there. All right, all right. So so when the mob comes after you, uh, this will tell. Point it back to this video is when this happened. Okay, we'll memorialize <laughs> this. So that's fine. All right, what about you, Kay? Mm. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is. I haven't stated it before on the podcast, but I'm going to go out on a limb and people might hate me for it. Oh, no. Underrated, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the modern one. We enjoyed that. I'm not going to lie. We had a lot of fun with that. So it takes up so re- many resources on your computer. Oh, on release, it was brutal. The game was bad with the state of the star cards and how EA released it. But after mm-hmm. they fixed the rolling mat and they now that they've since cut off creating content for it and they moved on to bigger and better, i.e. Fallen Order 2 and whatever else they've got going on behind the scenes. Uh, it's genuinely a good game for Star Wars fans to play. Like you okay. can play anything you want. You can do Heroes vs. Showdown. You can do Galactic Assault, Supremacy. You can do Starfighter, although Squadrons is arguably much better for ship to ship combat. Right. It's right. just more ironed out. Uh, but yeah, that that's just my opinion. Okay. You're a crazy. I felt person. like right. Fall Guys was so overrated last year. Oh, it was. I'm I like it was fun for a minute. But then I, I can't play it for longer than like 20 minutes at a time. I it's just and everybody was like, Fall Guys, let's play Fall Guys, Fall Guys right, for the no. whole summer last everybody year. Everybody had to ride the hype train. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm gonna say something controversial as well. So I think underrated is world of warcraft classic and the reason that this is controversial is because uh when world of warcraft classic first came out of course it was a giant success the problem was is that the current state of the world of warcraft game like retail they call it is so shit that they have actually almost doubled their numbers with the new release of world of warcraft classic and burning crusade thus showing how underrated the systems of the like what they used to have like it was so good like you know for example like back in the day i remember playing world of warcraft classic private servers in order to continue like those those systems because the systems were so good so it was obviously capitalized on but it was definitely underrated and i think blizzard moving away from that really fucked them because shadowlands Mm -hmm. is not in a good spot right now (laughs) it's not in a good spot and the numbers show people are like flocking over to to burning crusade right now yeah i can understand that yeah people there's diet there was always a diehard you know vanilla community right mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. uh i think i've got my underrated um and i'm gonna go because i'm a big fan of the soul series i'm gonna say dark souls 2 Ooh. is an underrated game um okay. it's it's kind of the black sheep of the souls series because it wasn't developed it wasn't the same lead developer that's been on all the other souls games um and people you know it, it shows i'm not gonna lie it shows that it's it's not quite the same but i like it for all the things that make it unique mm-hmm. you know the world design the gameplay mechanics and you know yeah ps2 was actually the first one i played i i didn't play three until much after like i all three were out and most of the dlcs for them were out and i started playing ds2 and going back and playing controller was refreshing on pc but then at yeah. the same time Oh my god, suffering through some of those bosses was just 
Oh, brutal. No, I think yeah. I loved playing. I had a PS4, luckily. I played Bloodborne, and I thought the aesthetic, the gameplay, the dodging mechanics, adding in the pistol, like adding in like more range was awesome. Like all that kind of stuff was really fun. But are you excited? Oh, speaking of that, I want to branch mention. off real quick. The new one, Elden Ring. Are you guys going to be playing that? Yes. Yep. One of us is. Hey, come on, Kay. I mean, if you die 30 times in a night, like, it's just going to be good content. <laughs> <laughs> she is looking at me. I don't, you didn't see the rage quit of Dark Souls that happened on stream. <laughs> if you didn't break a keyboard, it's not that bad. All right. Yeah, that I almost broke a controller. <laughs> I've, I've seen P Filipina rage some pretty bad rage there was some mm. desk slamming and maybe a controller was bent right i got so pissed last night i couldn't understand it though i threw my hat last night because i was like this is ridiculous then you just you keep moving you just keep on trucking dude all right guys i think that's a good dude i told you this place is a time warp it has already been two hours I told we did you. it. That was nice. That was fun. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when you do the podcast here, it's just a time warp. We say this all the time, but it's super true because when you're just kind of talking and moving from one thing to the next, and you guys are excellent, you know, first podcast in the bag, people. You guys knocked that apart. Knocked that apart. Thank so, you very much for having us. Of course, man. So one thing I want to do is, all right, where can people find you? Where can people find you online? And give us a little bit uh, of detail into your schedule. <laughs> he, deferred, he deferred to the boss. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we mostly are on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, trying to get onto TikTok, all under Party of Two, uh, with two eyes, Roman numerals. Um, and then for our schedule, we stream on Sundays at 4 p.m. Pacific time, um, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, perfect. And that is twitch.tv forward slash party of two. And that's with two eyes for anybody who's listening at home as well. <laughs> it works with the fingers. Yeah. What is two the eyes. next big game you guys are playing right now? Um. Well, we're finishing up Remnant and then we're probably going to have some filler content before the Ascent comes out on July 29th. Oh, okay. So if you so guys it's are going to be a top down shooter um, game. Okay, if you guys are looking forward to watching them, you can, if you guys are listening at home right now on Spotify, make sure to please go over to twitch.tv forward slash party of two, and that's with two eyes at the very end. Give them a follow, come watch their content. They are amazing people, and we've had a blast to have them on the podcast, dudes. Been awesome. Zion, where can they find you, man? Twitch.tv, Zion Yeet, and wherever Lev is raging. That sounds about right. And of course, you guys know I am Leveled AF. You can find me twitch.tv forward slash Leveled AF. Uh, just literally Google Leveled AF and it should pull up literally everything. But A question before okay. we end You uh, always do stream. this. Boo. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, fuck you. Fuck do me. Get out of here. No, <laughs> no dude. So what are you guys going to stream tonight? I know you said, was it Tuesdays and Sundays you stream something? What was it again? So tonight we're actually doing one of our challenges from that charity stream. We're going to be face painting each other, um, and then we're going to be playing Remnant DLC. So you can see how gotcha. bad it comes out. Oh man, <laughs> I'll be there for that. That's going to be fucking awesome. I have so to make. I, I'm sorry, CMB, but I have to make the joke. You have a lot more surface area than she does. Oh, make like the I'll avatar. Yeah, do do the ang. <laughs> do yeah, do do the ang arrow. That'd be sweet. 
Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for being on the She's podcast. She's got a stencil made out already. Yeah, she's got the stencil. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll see you guys next time. You guys stay Peace average out there. Peace. You did. Do the music. <laughs> <laughs>